Nothing makes more sense than protecting the planet that gave us all life and everything we have. But do you find yourself unable to keep going in the face of the relentless dire news about the state of the world? Do you worry about biodiversity loss and what a changing climate means? Are you struggling to take action or campaign to mitigate the nature and climate emergency? Most people who are gripped by fear, sadness, anger, anxiety, powerlessness and other strong emotions are vulnerable to episodes of burnout or hopelessness. Strong emotions drive change and earth and society are undoubtedly made better by compassionate people doing what they can to act on these issues. But constructive progress can often seem out of reach. This podcast is part of a collection of tools, creative responses and peer support networks that have emerged from a project called Eco-Anxious Resilient. In this series of six episodes, we'll be exploring a self-care planning tool that has the power to help when you're struggling. We'll be sharing conversations held between groups of peers and you'll hear authentic stories of struggle alongside all the ways people cultivate meaning, connection and hope. It is proven that when you are struggling, planning for your own self-care and connecting with resilient peers is an effective way to re-empower yourself and continue striving for the just and enlightened society you're aiming to bring about. We hope you find these conversations empowering. Listen to the end to find out details of how to connect with the project. To start with, we'll be exploring what peer support is and why it is so important in moving into a place of resilience. I think sometimes it can be exhausting just having to explain yourself and this kind of space is somewhere where you don't have to do that initial explanation. We can talk about the things it brings up but we can immediately relax and I'd immediately be able to have common ground and um, common cause I guess and perhaps sharing the same values and the same concerns so we can then sort of quickly move on to the issues that we may be facing and they're usually shared issues so that's really powerful as well and, uh, any opportunity to to meet and, and work with other people um, this, I'm here today I guess because it looks like a really useful group to to talk around some of those questions and, and see always gain perspective on what other people are doing as well yeah for me I think the reason that it's important that it's um peer to peer is that um I don't, I don't want to be fixed. I don't want to be told how to feel mm. or what to do about it. I don't need any of that. Um, I want to have a space where people will just listen to me. Yeah. So any sort of hierarchical arrangement or teaching arrangement. Mm. Even mentoring seems a bit too heavy to me. Um, yeah, I don't need to be fixed. I don't need to be told what to do. I just need to be listened to, actually. You know, listening to other people about where they're at. It's comforting when people are at a similar place. It's comforting to know you're not the only one. I, I think having an opportunity to you know, get together and speak with people who do share with some of the fear and um, and grief and anxiety. It, it's um, a tremendous relief 
um, and, and, and also having that opportunity to listen to other people's experiences um, takes me out of myself for a little while as well. I feel a tremendous responsibility not to um, impose my view of the, the world um, or my fears about the world um, and especially my, my grief around the loss of wildlife and habitats um, on other people because I, I feel that's my journey um, and um, you know they're on their journey and they have other worries and concerns um, of their own other ways that they want to live their life and it's not fair um, for me um, <laughs> to talk about this stuff ad nauseum um, because uh, you know I, I, I don't want to stop people have, from having a, a good life <laughs> and uh, and I don't want people who are close to me worrying about me. I think for me it was the ability to be myself because I felt very um, alienated by my family and some of my friends with this regard. And I was getting very upset about it um, because I was confused either like I felt that they even don't care about something that it's very important for me or it's just that they don't want to think about it because they don't want to do anything or I don't know. I didn't feel a lot of connection with them and that brought me a lot of stress. I think that was the worst part of this uh, for me uh, because I'm used to deal with problems with my family. Mm. And I think because it's so abstract, I think sometimes for them it's really difficult to understand how I can feel it so close because they don't feel it um, or they don't allow themselves to feel it. I still don't know yet if, uh, I think maybe they don't allow themselves to actually um, really like let it into their heart and actually, you know, sink in, uh, which I don't know, I mean, it's up to them. But yeah, I think it was that and being able to uh, connect with other people that is sort of not afraid. And I hope to find a little bit, yeah, these sort of discussions and just feeling more like a way forward by being close to people that actually care and at least is they accept that uh, it's not okay. <laughs> sort of thing. Yeah. Self-care planning is a proven and empowering well-being tool used by many people with lived experience of mental health issues. It is a tool that helps you work out what you can do to help yourself when you're struggling and where to access the right support. It is also a tool to help you have constructive well-being conversations with people who you know are struggling. Here we find out the story behind this particular self-care planning tool why it's so effective when i can't think straight and i'm just completely overwhelmed by a rush of extremely strong emotions most of which revolve around hopelessness and fear i need to have something um, to latch onto that's going to help me get my thoughts back into some kind of order um i also need to some have something that i can reach for when I, f I actually find myself talking to other people who are struggling to get their thoughts in order and are overwhelmed with grief and fear 
So I was very, very lucky a few years ago to meet a young woman who had been in and out, in and out of um, psychiatric units um, for a lot of her life and had, a, had many suicide attempts and uh, struggled just deeply generally um, with life. And she set about creating a self-care plan and a crisis plan. And since she managed to pull this together and she was inspired by, you know, various self-care planning tools, uh, one of which is called RAP, which people might have heard of, Wellness Recovery Action Planning. But she decided to create a self-care plan um, specifically tailored to herself. And uh, she talked me through how she went about this and who she had given the self-care plan to, uh, the people who she needed to help her when she was really, really struggling. Um, and she's managed to keep herself out of hospital now for two years. So, you know, when I heard this story, I realised there's definitely something in this self-care planning tool. So let's explore the first question, which asks us to consider, how am I feeling today? This is, this is a really core one for me, and it's actually one that I ask, probably ask myself most days when I wake up. Um, because if I'm honest, I do wake up with quite a lot of fear um, pretty much every day. <laughs> fear for um, what is coming today, how I'm going to manage, and if I'm going to manage to contribute something um, that will make a, a, a positive change to the things that I, I love. It's um, really, really important when I'm asking myself how I'm feeling today, to be absolutely honest. I also ask myself to think about what's actually happened today to make me feel this way. And very often it's something that's entirely out with my control because I do think that as individuals, as individual human beings, we are very powerless in many ways um, with regards to what happens to Earth and, um, and other people and the planet. However, I do also believe that we do have power and that it's important to unlock that power and also accept its limitations. Um, and it's also really important for me to think about how my feelings can actually change. Um, so how I feel when I wake up in the morning, how I feel when, I, when I've just read something or watched something really upsetting um, and accept that I feel these things in those moments um, but it's likely that those feelings will change in 10 minutes in an hour or you know tomorrow these feelings are not forever but our feelings are always kind of in a flux so just getting a handle on myself and how I how I am really feeling today I think this question is really important because it focuses me on the present and it enables me to strip away what is happening in the long term and focus on the here and now this is yeah this is so important because I think a lot of the time the climate doom is thinking and dwelling on this future dread and I know that things are happening right now to others and this is it's incredibly painful to know that but if I'm, if I'm going to be effective, if we're speaking about being effective and resilient, then 
I need to accept this and I need to keep active in my sphere of influence. Otherwise, I am no use to anyone else. So today I, I'm feeling quite overloaded uh, with daily tasks, but I've also noticed that it's quite dark and wet outside and this is having an impact. Uh, I've also had a disrupted sleep. And this is always a big factor for me. My emotions can be on a knife edge, depending on how much sleep I've had. And it's not always easy to have a good sleep with a very young child in the house to care for. Uh, and I'm so much better now at realising and noticing that this is the factor. It's been quite liberating, uh, actually. And I'm taking, I'm taking a lot more moments now to just breathe, to ground myself, to just stop and notice and be grateful for the things that I do have. Yeah, I have been practicing noticing and gratitude and that has been great. <laughs> I really I really have seen the benefits of that. The thing about asking myself how I feel today is it's about getting some perspective. So I, I acknowledge that I have a lot of I have a lot of love in my life. Um, I, I care deeply. And I think it's inevitable if you love and care and are passionate and you want to help, that it's going to be very difficult at times um, when you see the things that you love uh, are being exploited or degraded or even going extinct. Um, so I think I think that's only natural and I, I'm glad I'm a care. It's difficult to live with being um, very passionate and a care, um, but I, I wouldn't really be, want to be any other way um, because having all of these strong, strong emotions really does motivate me to try and do my best with the resources and skills that I have. Another supportive element of the project has been creative writing and the sharing of these original pieces in something we hope will become a daily reader celebrating Earth. These pieces have been shared at peer support groups and offer another way into discussion as well as understanding the issues from a different perspective. This is a piece entitled The Eco Engine. I am not enough. I am not doing enough for the planet. My existence here is wasted. I'm locked in this mode much of the time. A black dog cloud hangs heavy on me and my limbs are slow to move. I've been feeding too much on the cheap time-saving stuff, packets that come from abroad and make their way to me by plane, train, boat. There must be a better way. I make a footprint in the mud, then stop to look. I've come to the park for some inspiration. How much carbon was generated making these boots, I wonder, and these clothes I'm wearing? There is no escape from the commerce machine, from cheap foods, and from ultimate doom. Then I see something, and the wheels of my mind switch gears, so to speak. An oak tree. They can stand for a solid thousand years, 
about as long as the Roman Empire. How will the world look when this one drops its final leaf? Will we still have rainforests and coral reefs? Will we still have glacial ice? Will New York be aquatic and the Great Lakes empty craters? I think of gears and systems and operations. Human beings are good at these things. We're industrious, organized, always machining away at something. Our capitalist economy is a fine example, both efficient and destructive, at least for now. But what if it worked for the planet? I leave the park and walk. I feel as solid and green as a giant oak. I spend on eco things only. Thank you for listening. We hope these conversations resonated with you. And please join us again, where we'll be exploring the next question, which is, what can I do if I'm not feeling like myself today? You can find out more about the project EcoAxis Resilient at surefruiteffect.com. And this project was made possible with a grant from the National Lottery Community Fund Scotland, Together for Our Planet programme.